Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Sarah Jane Adams. SJ, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, we have the lovely Kim Huggins to thank for recommending that we get together and record this episode. We do. Big love to Kim. Oh, so what is it that you're doing at the moment? What What am I not doing is probably more of the question. Um, my main role is that I'm a mama. My daughter Annabelle is three and a half. Not quite sure how she's got to that age, but you know, it's flying past. Um, I've also got a few businesses. My focus, my heart space is in my business mentoring. And that is where I work with people that are looking to push the benchmark within whatever industry they're operating in. Through that, I met um, my business partner. D and we opened a coffee shop and laundry, laundry and latte in October 21. Then more recently, last May, was it last May or this May, we set up one of one of my friend's clients um, again, a space for parents in business to talk about the juggle, to talk about, to humanise that juggle because not enough is talked about around that. Uh, you have two very distinct babies and you always feel guilty about one of them or you're not doing enough. And more latterly, I've just recently come the other side of a divorce. I ha- I've started working with somebody, a lady that works primarily with women, but also with men to give um, emotional support to people going through that. And my feeling, my my experience of divorce and and the, the key parties involved, uh, the lawyers, um, it's not human enough. They need to understand. I, it's good. I, I'm I'm pleased that none of them have been through a divorce or any other ones that I've I've been through. But I had talk, I had talked to, but it didn't make them emotionally. It didn't make them empathic or sympathetic. So it's a big thing for me to go go back into into the corporate world, which is where I started, and help make people that help make that process easier. So that, that's kind of my more last project. And I'm already bubbling about with other things. So lots of stuff. Like I said, what am I not doing? And what I want to what I sort of really pull on the thread that you, you mentioned about humanizing the juggle. And I love that as a phrase, but more to what it's representing and how life is a juggle. And the two very distinct babies that we have the business and our actual children that we're we're feeling guilty if we're not spending time with one or the other so let's ask you to sort of share more about what humanizing the juggle means first and foremost for me 
it is about saying and being able to say, being a parent, being a mother is my prime role. And that not detracting in any way, in any way from the power that you bring to, to business, whether you're a businessman, you're a businesswoman, um, an entrepreneur, which is how I identify, um, that doesn't detract from that because you, being a parent comes first. And there is so much rhetoric that currently dictates that it does. Because when you choose to be a parent, that should that 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 that, that should come first. Why would it not? Um, and everything kind of falls around that. But that that for me, that that instant thing of allowing, uh, just allowing yourself to. I know when I was in the corporate world, it just wasn't. You just couldn't say that. You couldn't say. Do you know what? My child comes first. Because that would mean that you weren't serious about what you were doing. And and that kind of, for me, was the, the hub. I said, we need to change something here. Because I know I'm, I'm a powerhouse in business. But my daughter comes first. And often when something happens, there's a, a family incident and you need to leave work early. The first thing that people say to you is, absolutely, family comes first. But that's what another individual says to you that's not the business I mean the business is a made-up entity isn't it it's but it, it's a collective thought that then comes and then dehumanizes the individual approach yeah and often that's because those individuals have unfortunately had unsympathetic unsympathetic employees previously so therefore they then feel resentful if someone else is being supported in a way that they weren't I think that kind of is a key, it is kind of key where it comes from. But, you know, I have a team now and it is about not just saying family come first and, and it's sounding good. It's about it genuinely meaning that and the business flexing around that. And that is possible and that can be challenging, but it is possible. Um, and, and it depends if you want happy, happy and committed employees, team members or, you know, the people see, the, the people feel valued by you. Um, and, and a big part of that is that you 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 having an understanding of their life and their family. And what I heard when you first introduced yourself was very much upfront and centre was that you were a mama. And then you mentioned that you had your few businesses and you do business mentoring. So even in your way that you present yourself, it is family first. Yeah. I, I guess I, 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 I don't really think of it like that. It's just, and I was always going to come first. A lot of the stuff that, that the, I'm doing is, is for hers to show her that she can, can do what she, wherever she wants. But she, she is everything. The, the life that I'm curating is, is to enable me to have more time with her to have, yeah, yeah, she is everything. But like I said, it also doesn't dim <laughs> the power I bring to business. So, and I know that and I own that unapologetically so knowing knowing that and owning that what difference does it does it make for you in the way that you operate on a day-to-day -day basis what do you mean knowing and owning that that that, that Annabelle comes first and how I operate yeah that, that you are very clear with your boundaries it means that I never apologize if I'm with my daughter and I can't get back to somebody or if I'm I'm getting back to somebody the day after, so I, I don't my I, my mummy days are Wednesdays and Fridays, and if I'm getting back to someone, I will never apologise for it being late because I'm with my daughter, and that for me is 
yeah, I, I, it, it, I have to. I think like it was again. It's so ingrained to apologise. I had, I, I had to initially really ebb myself out of uh, not doing that. But that, that's my first thing. Never apologise, Annabelle. Um, if I'm with Annabelle and, and it doesn't mean, and don't get me wrong, of course I still pick up calls. And I'm still probably on my phone more than I'd like to be. That's life. And and, and again, I, I can't feel guilty about that. I see, I do feel guilty about that. But I will never apologise for, for being a mother um, and then not being available to speak business if, if I'm with her. I just remembered one of my previous guests shared the traumatic event of her daughter picking up her phone and throwing it across the room because she didn't have the attention from her mum. And I get it. When Annabelle was two last summer, she said to me, mummy, stop working. It will make you ill. That hit home. Two years old. And I took the rest of the month. I, I took the rest of the month off. It's so interesting, isn't it? How the child is often the mentor. I was talking about this in a recent podcast again uh, with, with Thomas Kalki, and he was sharing how his eight-year-old son is his mentor and is teaching him so much about life. And it is that lens, that lens of being able to see very clearly what priorities are. Our, I believe, I'm a big believer that our children are our greatest teachers. Uh, they put a mirror up to us and they make us look at our behaviour, think about our behaviour, think about how that affects others and, you know, primarily the, them. And it, it's about whether the parent steps up and it really is about whether the parent steps up and chooses to take responsibility. We are pivotal in the programmes that we pass on to our children, how that they how they perceive, how they understand the world, how they move in the world. And that's why when I say everything I kind of do um, is, is around kind of teaching Annabelle that she doesn't have to follow the status quo. She doesn't have to follow the, the mentality of life is a slog. I always remember that when I was in the city, life is a slog. Just I remember my mum saying it to me, just, it's just something we've got to accept. And when I crashed and burned out of the city, which I did at the back end of 17, I was like, no. No, I'm going to commit to that. That's not that's not the way I'm going to roll now. I am going to find the joy because life's too short. And yeah, our, our children are our, our greatest gift. And it's they give us, you know, obviously they look to us for security, but actually they give us an anchor in life that we we can't we couldn't possibly get anywhere from anywhere else. And anyone who's listening, Sarah, Jane, what is it that, I mean, if they're not a parent themselves and they're thinking, well, you know, I don't have this need to balance my life like this. What I'm thinking is almost taking yourself back to being the child and and using those lessons from your own childhood. It doesn't have to be that you are a parent yourself, that you can take on board these wise and beautiful, unfiltered perspectives? I think, yeah, I mean, you know, I can still remember life before Annabelle, um, even though it feels like a lot longer ago than it is. But it's about, and this, it's about choosing, you know, we, I think when, when we are, when we 
role in a society where we're just kind of constantly rehashing the same thought processes. And often that is rehashing and um, justifying the limitations that we put on ourselves and others. We unempower ourselves. We, 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 we become very stuck in our in our thinking, in our processing, and in our view of the world, um, and it is it's those childlike eyes that say, say exactly what you've just said. Why? Why does it have to be that way? We don't question it. We don't question it. We just go with it, and it is that stepping back and, and it, with or without a child. What, what what am I what am I and that was when I questioned when I questioned burned out the city I'd flirted with being in business for years I was always a breadwinner and walking away from a salary was petrifying um and it's just it was never something I was brave enough to do until I, I was in I was in a role that that made me incredibly unwell mentally I was in a dark place when I crashed and burned out there in 17. And it was it was literally me sitting there and saying, Sarah Jane, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, are you going to regret not trying something new, not trying, not pursuing your dreams? And it's sad that it has to be that blunt and that uh, 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 kind of a, a horrible way of thinking about it. But it literally was that I had to shake myself out of this very much feeling of a predetermined view of, of kind of what my life was going to be or what it had to be or what it had to feel like um, for me to kind of sit up and say, no, no, this isn't what it has to be. So let's have a look at some of those questions and, and the status quo. And for you, what I want to ask and, and dive into is the purpose piece in terms of what questions how are you now asking yourself that you hadn't before what brings me joy because that gets you through the hardest days and for the people that are listening that are in business or if they're thinking about going into business you have to be doing something that brings you joy, that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning. It cannot be chasing money because the appeal of that dies. It fades. And so for me, it was, what's, what, 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 what am I doing? What can I do that, that feels right? When I left the city, I became, I found spirituality. I began to meditate and it allowed me to connect with myself. I've always been someone that thought I understood myself quite well, um, but that afforded me a, a new opportunity to look at myself in a new perspective, kind of emerging from this darkness. Um, so it was it was about understanding who I was and, and what I really brought without the limitations others put on me, or, or what I should say, without me allowing others to put limitations on me so it's always been about what I, I, my, my thing when I when I work with people in mentoring Amy it is my role is to carve out what their purpose is I believe everybody has a purpose everybody has a gift this innate gift 
that, that that allows them to work with ease in flow um that, that, that creates abundance in their lives one of those things is money yes but the other is joy and that is that is pivotal to how I work with people is is allowing people to understand what they bring what's the special stuff that they bring that no one else does because everybody does bring something differently and tell me what is it that you bring what do I bring it genuinely, it, it, it's that ability to tap into somebody's intuition, to tap into somebody intuitively, to chip away at the facade, to chip away at their perceptions of themselves. And for them to understand, I kind of hold that mirror up, but we're talking about children. I hold that mirror up and allow them to see who they are and to celebrate themselves and to give them permission to be who they are and to do business how they want to do it, to live a life that is successful, how they deem success to look. And that is that that is my gift. And, and, and then obviously on from that, I help them build a business around that. And you mentioned just then that you had great self-awareness, that you, you always understood yourself quite well. And Yet, when you went into more meditation and spirituality, you took it to another level. And I just wanted to understand who it was that you then saw and what you could bring and what limitations you discarded. I discarded all limitations. I chose, and it is choice, to believe in myself. I choose still to believe that when I, and this doesn't, this isn't mean to sound arrogant, but when I go into a room, I don't believe anywhere one in there is better than me. I don't believe anyone is better than anyone else. But I will, I, I will go in now with a belief that I can bring. I, I can bring, and I, I know, I know my power, and I own my, my power. And again, for women, it's not something we do well. <laughs> we always feel like we have to then justify that with something else. Uh, so, 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 yeah. It's it. It was about me freeing myself from limitations. And to be honest, I still feel like I've only just started, Amy. I'm only just ramping up. Um, and, and and that is as I'm kind of just discarding these programs that, that I've had, and and and, and yeah, that I've that I've I've learned from my from my parents. Uh, these huge, these huge things that you have to you overcome, and still overcoming. Yeah, I've got this self awareness. Yesterday, I had a day. People always tell you you're a positive patty. I am most of the time, but equally, some days I'm feeling muted, and and it's about allowing yourself to feel like that, to to kind of push through it and and, and understand why you feel it. Okay, giving yourself permission to feel, to heal, to move forward, and this is all the stuff that. It seems so simple and so obvious, but we don't do. And you spoke there about the the programs and and what you've taken on board from your parents as a child, and and that those formative years, those naught to seven, those imprinting years, are so so important. And as a parent, you don't necessarily realise quite what the child is taking on board, what they're taking as truth what they're believing to be the case because they don't have any ability to challenge what's going on they don't have that 
that the, the thinking, the critical thinking piece until past that age, till from age eight onwards. So everything that you you sort of learned and built belief systems and and ways of being, you then have to sort of look at and unravel. And we just don't tend to do that. We just let them sit there and then realize when we've got a limitation or a limiting belief, you go, wow, that's interesting. That's come from a long, long time ago. Yeah, I remember I read somewhere that toddlers or you know toddlers are told no up to three hundred times a day. And when Anna when, when Annabelle was born, I was like, I don't want to say no to her, and I don't. I do sometimes. Don't get me wrong, but I will. All, I always look to explain rather than say no, because you know the the piece that I read about it is how would you feel in a in a job if someone told you no three hundred times a day. No, don't do that without explaining why. And it's small things like that, or you know, just just when they say something, when they say something that is silly, not saying, "Well, that's silly," but saying, "That's an interesting viewpoint." It is such it's such subtle things that can make such a huge impact. That we can all think back, can't we? And we have these memories that really impacted us. I was speaking to one of my team the other day. I remember I wanted to do GCSE art and the teacher's telling me I wasn't good enough. So from that moment on, I didn't think I was a creative person in any respect, which is utter rubbish. No, I'm not a good artist. I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible. But in other aspects, I'm incredibly creative. And it is, it's those real throwaway things that can just, yeah, just sit and fester. I totally agree. It's separating out the action from the adjective. Instead of saying, you know, you're silly, you say that's a silly thing to do. So you're not associating it with the person themselves. And it, it's simple. It's a phrase of language difference. That's it. But the impact can, as you've just demonstrated, go on for decades, if not practiced well. Mm -hmm. Completely, completely. My children are older now. They are 20 and 18. And yes, there are probably lots of things that I now know that I didn't know then. But one thing that I do recognize that both my husband and I very much did was we always had time for the questions that they were asking when they were little. And it wasn't just a, a bat off just because you know or just to keep them quiet it was a case of no you know you've brought these children in the world take the effort to explain things about as you just were but also to ask them what they thought because quite often they would ask a question they would probably have an answer already so my husband would always he was very good at this and if they were asking something, he would say, so why do you think that that is the way? Because then it opened up a much better discussion. Instead of just giving the answer, it was asking them and reinforcing them, but allowing them that space to, to be able to, to share what they had. And yeah, we got that bit right for sure. <laughs> well, that's one of the key lessons, isn't it? That, that, that anyone needs it. And that is that we have a voice. Yeah. And that right there is the beginnings of of allowing that, and 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 when we feel as though we have a voice, that's powerful right there. And it is a case of knowing that you're not going to get everything right, and 
explaining and we've always we've always been very open with our with our children from a very early age always encourage them to be incredibly independent as well which I think is so important and it it clearly comes through that you're doing the same with your daughter with Annabelle because she's able to to share her thoughts and and tell you from the age of two that you're working too hard which is fantastic um yeah I mean she's she's incredible but the other big thing is, you know, what parents don't do is apologise. It's like, again, what are you, like, you know, the other day I said, I'm sorry, Annabelle, I'm tired, I'm grumpy, and I've been grumpy today. You know, um, teaching them to, to responsibility. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's very small things, but they make a big difference about uh, in, in allowing them it's not even creating it's allowing them to become the rounded person that we we would hope they hope they become and with that you also just shared that it's okay to to explore and to exhibit emotion to to share this is what's happening this is how I'm feeling and connecting the two so that you know they're, they're very much aware of what's going on I, I remember having a discussion with one of my friends when the kids were very little. They, I mean, they must have been less than two or three, maybe four. And she was very adamant that she never wanted to argue in front of her children. And I, I said, I don't think that's right. I'm, I'm not going to hide arguments because I need my children to see what the argument was about and how we resolve it. Because if they don't see the whole thing, they don't understand what's going on. And it was it was really interesting just to see and I, neither way and I'm not saying her way was right, my way was wrong or rather way around and my way was right and hers was wrong. But I just feel that there are so many different ways that you can do this. But I do believe in in as you just shared in sharing emotion and sharing being a human effectively. And that it's OK to be emotional, you know. I, I think you, you, and you do it from a good place. You're trying to protect your children, um, as like being a single parent going through the last like so eighteen months. Um, there were many times where Annabelle saw me cry, and I don't. And and, and she and she was huge. Like I, I know she was affected by it, and and, and she, you know, but she has to see mummy cry. And it's also in business as well. You know, you have you have to be, and and, and I always really bang this drum before being a mummy was that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to get up and say I'm bloody struggling with this today. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing today. Um, and it when Annabelle was in my was in my belly when when I was pregnant, I wrote a book about. It, it's called bringing human back how to be more successful in business by being you and that was all about empowering the person behind the business and not feeling as though they needed to show up in any sort of way that wasn't true to themselves um and it was about being human it was about being themselves and saying that is okay whipping down a facade you know we have we live in a world of social media now where everything looks perfect and beautiful all of the time and no one has terrible days and it's rubbish and it's not real life and it's not inspiring and it's not motivating um so so it's about that showing that emotion um to, to everyone whether that's in a, in a in a bloody business meeting i presented recently and got emotional and that's okay I'll own that I want people to see that side of me 
it's important. It's, it tells them a lot about who I am. And similarly, my daughter. And one of the, the ex- expressions, the phrases you used right at the beginning was heart space. And it was in relation to the business mentoring. You said that that is my heart space. And yet I feel like there's more that's in your heart space. Yeah, there's, there's lots of things. Um, I feel like I've been sent here to put right. <laughs> um, or at least try and give a voice to. Try and give a voice to people that maybe have, don't feel like they've got the strength to, 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 to fight. To share with me the people that you're trying to help and to the reason why you feel that you've been sent here to put right? I think if I'm just looking solely at the mentoring, the people that are the best at what they do, because it because it just because it is so innate with them, because it comes so freely, so easily, are the ones that overlook their gifts the most, overlook the beauty, the power of their gifts. And like I said, when, when I start working with people, it's about chipping away. It's about people seeing themselves, me helping them see themselves for who they are, for the incredible things that they bring and that they can bring. And it is always, 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 always the people that are the best that struggle to do that the most. The people that are really going to change things, change industries. And I've, I have been blessed to work across industry, from tattooists to financial advisors to um, uh, expert witnesses to lots of different types of lawyers to accountants to everybody, really a lot of different people. The people that are the, the, the ones that say this needs to change, and I feel like intuitively it needs to change, but they question themselves because nobody else is doing it. For me, it's about giving them the permission, giving them the voice, reminding them that they can pursue what they have the gift gift to pursue. That's my purpose. And when was it that you gave yourself permission to do this work? It was when, so when I, when I started in business, I always, I always knew, I've always been brought up around business. In the city, I, I was doing business strategy for a big professional services firm. So I always knew, I, I, I thought quite commercially, it was bred into me, shall we say. But the spiritual side, the intuitive side, the stuff that allows me to dig deeper into people, um, and, and that that's something that kind of came after I started. And it was something that I did, but I didn't really realise I was doing it. And it's still something I really struggle to explain because they're very different <laughs> applications. You know, to, to work intuitively and, and, and actually still be able to be a, a, you know, a figures person and, and commercially build businesses that, that work financially, it, they're, 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 they're very different. I've never met anyone that does what I do. Um, and, and unfortunately, we live in a world of labels, don't we, Amy? So one feels like you have to give yourself a label in order to sell yourself. And I've never found one that really works for me. But I'm cool with that now. <laughs> I'm it's just so, me. 
just it's me. It's so funny you say that because I've literally just written the commercial spiritualist. <laughs> it's like giving oh, you a label. And I was like, oh, because it just it just packages it up for me um, in terms of absolutely, you know, it, it brings those two worlds together. And it's such a a beautiful space that you're working in. I mean, obviously we both talk about purpose. We're both working with people, helping them to see their purpose. I love, I love it. it. It's just, it's just who I am. And I can see that it's just who you are. And often on the show, I have people who are, who understand purpose, who understand because they've got a mission, they've got a vision, they they understand because mostly because they've had some kind of event, a trauma or a catalyst that has really helped to spearhead a specific moment for them that they, they then take into a purpose-driven focus. And again, here you, you've you've clearly had a couple of events that have really helped to crystallize that for you. It's been a case of the, the burnout, but also the divorce and, and the understanding of becoming a parent have all come together and really as uh, helped you to define who you now are and what you want to do. And it, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, hats off to you, SJ. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. So tell me, how would people get in contact with you? They want to connect. What's the best way for them to reach out? Uh, what's the best way for someone to reach out? Drop me an email sj at meow m-e-o-w consulting.co.uk or follow me on instagram which is uh, the the handle is at the entrepreneur whisperer i'm always open to, to having a chat with people that are looking to harness that gift and start a business change their life create a life that is limitless so is the entrepreneur whisperer not your your label I think, you know, when I started in business, and I don't know if you felt the same, so Meow Consulting was all about, and I'm going to tell you this quickly because I, I worked um, within marketing as well as business development, the domestic cat meows because they've recognised that we don't speak in body language like they ordinarily would. They've adapted their way of communicating because we vocalise. So for me, it was about adapting their language to get attention, and in business, that's pivotal. And so that was what the meow is about. The entrepreneur whisperer is, is, is I do feel like I speak, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there, there is a lot of meaning and, and the layers to that. But when I started, I, I kind of feel like, I, I knew, I don't know, you have to give yourself a label and you can't stand up as who you are. And I've literally recently bought a URL, which is Sarah Jane Adams, because I am just me. Um, and we can't hide, I, yeah, we, I'm, I, I'm not going to hide behind names anymore. That's that. That is going to be my label is me. That's a, that's that's a good way to finish. That's a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing why you do what you do and why you are who you are. It has been a beautiful conversation. I really look forward to pulling on a few strands in my reflections episode later. Have you got some final words, please, for the audience, SJ? I do have some final words. Remember. We always have a choice. We have a choice how we deal with things. And we, we, whilst we may not be able to control what goes on, we can control how we, how, how we deal with it, how we choose to deal with it. We always have a choice.
How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.